1: And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash
2: ACAST.
3: God, I love Joan Cusack. Wait, she was on Saturday Night Live?
2: Wait, what? She was a no, cast member host... on the
3: comedy sketch show SNL from 85 to 86.
2: How did I not know <gasps>
3: this? Now I'm a journalist, Babs. <laughs> Move over, girly. <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? But in today's episode, whose fault is it that you're bi? That's right. We're going bye, bye, bye with Babs Gray, an incredible guest. And I can't wait to get to this episode. But I do want to give a quick thank you to everyone who listened last week. I was like, Gooped and gagged every single day, seeing how many people were tuning in, and obviously Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crappens were unbelievable guests. And I want to thank them for coming on. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for enjoying, and a really big shout out to anyone that joined that Patreon the last week. it Oh God, that was so good to see because you know that you girl needs money, but also just to form this community and, and help it grow. It is so fucking exciting. Uh, I do want to say that Ben and Ronnie, my gay aunties, did guide me to a whoopee film i have never seen before called soap dish and yeah i did watch it and yeah they were right she holds up it i mean Whoopi was of course incredible but also like terry hatcher is in it kathy moriarty uh kevin klein sally field is so good it is just one of those movies that i cannot believe i had never even heard of it and yes i will confirm the ending pure garbage very problematic but i'm still glad i watched it and i think that you should too i'm not going to spoil the movie's ending because i know it's like a hundred years old but i'm just curious to see what you think in the movie coupled with that ending so please let me know if you watch I also want to say a lot of people enjoyed the ice cream segment of last week's episode. If you haven't yet listened to it, uh, please do. The first 15 minutes, it's just like a full love letter to Ben and Jerry's. And I want to give a shout out because it turns out that a lot of people don't know about the show yet. There was like a great British baking style show, but for ice cream on the Food Network, it's called Clash of the Cones. If you're not watching, it is just like after a long day, it is such food for the soul unfortunately it also is just an hour-long ben and jerry's commercial essentially because it is filmed at the actual ben and jerry's like headquarters in vermont and every time i watch it i'm like gaping wide for a a pint of ben and jerry's so it comes with you know a bit of a risk there but listen get your ice cream i'm right now in a very big mood to get topped as you know if you haven't had topped by ben and jerry's very big recommendation for that But sit back, relax, and enjoy that clash of the cones on the Food Network. God, it's so good. I did announce on the old Instagram that I booked one of my favorite RuPaul's Drag Race queens for an episode on the pod. It's going to be a few weeks away but I'm going to be giving an exclusive sneak peek into who it is and maybe even release the episode early for the Patreon subscribers. So go to patreon.com slash gayasspodcast. And if you're already subscribed, thank you so much. It really makes this podcast happen. Uh, I do want to tell you about Babs Gray. She is a pioneer in the podcast world. She's a comedy legend. And if you don't know why she's such a pioneer, she's like one of the people that literally started the free Britney movement. Her Instagram that she started is Britney graham she has a podcast all about it and in fact her podcast called toxic is like a very deep dive into the conservatorship of it all and it's like seriously listening to a true crime documentary it is so well done i listened to it and i can't recommend it enough so of course i've linked it in the show notes below also in the show notes is that Patreon. If you want to subscribe and get an inside scoop on which RuPaul's Drag Race queen will be having in the next few weeks, along with some awesome bonus features, including video stuff, and follow us on Instagram at Gay Ass Podcast. And gosh, leave us a five star review if you like last week's Crappens episode. If you like this one, it's how we continue to grow this Gay Ass community and spread that Gay Gospel, Mama this is babs gray enjoy also kind of a crazy like very weird reunion because you did a part in uh, my short film with the one and only esther steinberg god and thwarts and it's been do we know how many years ago that was
2: i guess we filmed it i don't know three years ago
3: i think three three years minimum and isn't it crazy that i I got a full wide theatrical release the red carpet we had what was it oh my Um,
2: god oscars i actually got it got an emmy grammy what is that called when you get all of them e got
3: we got it which is the first nine minute short film to actually be nominated for an emmy and i just wasn't expecting the buzz to really come through but it did and i just now we're on the other side of it all
2: yeah, I I know. It's it's been a whirlwind. I can't believe I haven't I haven't seen you since those some yeah. of those after parts. Well,
3: you know what happens when people become a big deal, we form our own sort of communities, tribes, and here I am just in my can we call this a mansion? I guess we will
2: with your whiskey what's what's this whiskey background
3: drag me it's um it's like uh, you know what it is it's a whiskey mirror that we got at a flea market in new jersey of all places and here's actually what happened is that matt and i walked up to we walked by this big whiskey mirror that's like you know you find it like like a pool hall or something and we we're like oh my god it's gorgeous you know that would run for 400 minimum at a new york city market so we literally say to each other we were like okay we're gonna play hardball we're gonna go up and say hey can we have have this for a hundred bucks and then if they say anything more we're, we're not going to do it for any more than 150 and i go up and i was like so um how much is this and they were like 40 <laughs> i was like oh okay we'll have that yeah that's good thank you <laughs> <laughs> to got ne- ne- did not negotiate a dime
2: <laughs> no of course i always do that yeah my house is full of um of sim i found a lot of things on the street that are in my house but
3: that's the thing though it's like sometimes a street fine can even hold more sentimental value than something you've had for a while
2: i mean of course you know sorry i have a cough drop in my mouth in case i sound weird um
3: listen i'm zhuzhing your energy and i'm truly i'm such i'm such a fan and speaking of being a fan i was actually catching up on your new podcast toxic and it's So fucking good. If anybody listening to this has not listened yet, it's... Of course, in my full intro, you've heard about Babs Great, but like your journalism of the Britney Spears conservatorship and everything, I cannot imagine the work that goes into that fucking podcast, into Britney's Gram, into everything that you do. I mean, it... Obviously, anybody that works on podcasts or even listens, know the podcasts are a lot of work, but what you are doing on Toxic is so incredibly smart because you get to the human nature of what Britney is going through and also just like the stakes of it all. I mean, have you... Has it been rewarding to work on that podcast with all the work that goes into it? Do you feel like an accomplishment or is it really like sucking the life out of you?
2: Um, I'd say it's a healthy mix of both. Sure, <laughs> It's been by far the most I've ever worked on anything in my entire life. It has been... And thank you for that because I think sometimes you know, with content, anything people make, they don't sometimes realize how much work goes into it. Mm -hmm. So it's really like nice when I hear people acknowledge that because yeah, it's just been hours and hours and hours of investigating and researching. And then I've never written something like this before. So, you know, you have to write it so that everyone understands it. So there's so many rewrites that goes in that go into it. And then it's like, you could spend an hour on one sentence just making sure It comes out the right way because it's so confusing to explain. So, yeah, just a lot of um, intense work. And it's been really rewarding to see the feedback. And, like, I think that we did what we set out to accomplish, which is really nice. But it's also, I, I mean... I'm so tired.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I, so I tired. Think that what is so shocking to me is because, of course, we read the headlines about what she's going through and like when you hear her statement for the first time. But what really struck me was the first part of it was talking about the medication they put her on where she was on lithium and like they and she said that she was on a dosage that was fully irresponsible and it made her feel crazy. I mean, I'm going through my own medication journey right now, which, of course, is nothing compared to what she's going through. But because I have, you know, agency over what I'm taking but i just think like it sounds so fucked up to not only have control over what you're putting into your body and then to feel because i'm already i'm still struggling just figuring out what dosage of lexapro to take i'm not taking it you know it's like uh, what do you do you yourself have a connection to that part of her story
2: yeah i mean i take antidepressants and stuff like that but yeah it's like it's just so far removed from i mean just everything about about her her situation like the agency you're talking about just i can't imagine not being able to like make a simple purchase without having to get it approved by your father when you're almost 40 years old it's really disgusting
3: yeah fuck that guy it's it's so dark i mean what so i know the update essentially now is that Brittany has appointed her own lawyer that her father did submit papers saying that he is willing to step down when the time is right. So, what, from your perspective, do you where wh- where does the case stand right now?
2: It seems like it's kind of like a everyone's trying to save their own ass situation mm. right now, where because there's so there's a conservator of the person who is around right now who. Her and uh, her name's Jody. her and Jamie keep pointing fingers at each other and saying like, you put her into the facility. No, you did. No, this is your fault. And I think that everyone's just basically trying to like not get sued or, you know, so I to me that what's happening is Jamie's trying to cover his tracks as much as humanly possible before he they get him, they like eject him.
3: Well, it's kind of seems like they know that the anger of the world is now being pointed at them. And I think I mean, do you think that there is a chance that they will be either charged with something or potentially indicted?
2: Um, I think that there's definitely a chance that could happen. I mean, I know that they, her new lawyer is trying to bring someone in to really look into the finances more and, you know, depending on if they find anything there, there could be some charges. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she could sue them for many things that I I can't like say exactly, but
3: Yeah, I just hope that obviously that she's able just to have the freedom that because I think that we all grew up especially in our age range of just like being obsessed with her and like and just wanting her to just succeed and then to see what type of i'm curious to see like in 20 years from now when we look back on this like what will be the perspective of not only britney's journey but like the people that put her into this situation like i'm sure they're gonna be villainized because how could they not
2: yeah. I mean, you know, we're looking back at it now from 13 years and how everyone kind of treated her back then in the press and everything. And now that reckoning we're having now. So yeah, I just hope she can get her autonomy back and, and just do whatever she wants. You know, I don't totally. know if that means music or not, but it's like, I just can't imagine what that would do to you to be, to just be controlled and to be told you're crazy all the time, to be treated like that. It's really.
3: And also, when you have to, when you're first to perform in that way, I think on top of feeling so not in control of yourself, and then to be like doing a Las Vegas residency and then on a world tour and then back to the residency. And like, I just, I again have had nothing close to her experience, but I even remember like I was on tour doing a musical. And I, the short version of the story is that I was on a crazy run of like, you know, 15 cities in. Two or three weeks, what whatever musical? it was, it was Elf the musical. I played Buddy the Elf. Oh, cool! A gay Jew, Buddy the Elf. <laughs> but what happened is that I was staying in a, a hotel just for one night because we were drive. We were on like a bus from one city, driving all the way to Texas. What ended up happening is I went to the bathroom, turned the light off, and on my way to, in the, to the, my bed in this random hotel room, I tripped on a suitcase and then hit my head in the on the wall. Like BAM. Oh God. Like and so also I'm a very neurotic Jew. So I immediately go to the bathroom, turn the lights on, prepare to see blood gushing down my face. I had nothing of the sort, but I <laughs> took three Advil, I went to bed, and then I ended up the next morning just being like, God, I'm such an idiot. I have a bit of a headache, but I'm fine. We drive seven hours to the next city. I oh. believe it was Fort Fort Worth in Texas. And it just so happened that the executive producer of the entire company was going, the The creative team was flying in from New York to see it. And I was 24 years old. It was my first big, big thing I'd ever done. And I thought I maybe had a concussion because I started to kind of just feel a little faint. Because I just want to get to the end of the story is that I... Kept thinking I was maybe concussed or something. I was having a full panic attack. I did not know at the time, but like I felt weak. I felt tingly. My vision was feeling weird and the executive producer of the show heard that i was having these problems so he came back to the dressing room and he was like so tell me are you going to do the show or not because if you're not we got to figure something out with the understudy and the understudy they had barely rehearsed because it was early in the run and oh i was God. just like freaking the fuck out but i remember it's like the Katy perry thing where she's like crying because she found finds out that she's you know getting divorced and then she has like the torch in her hand and she's going up for her concert <sighs> and uh, i will say i've probably told the story on this podcast before but it was such a formative moment for me because i was like. I just put on a smile and, uh, t- and told myself I had to do the show and I did it and it went super well. I was like so proud of myself. And then the next show that the year, the show goes out every year after year after year. And the next year they told me they weren't going to cast me again, even though I did such a great job and never called out because the producer saw me have an anxiety attack and he didn't want that to happen again.
2: Oh my God. What a dick
3: and I don't feel bad talking about it now because I just it was such a fucked up situation where I gave so much to that show and and here's the thing I want to be very clear that that I don't think that person works with the company anymore and I ended up doing the show again and they did cast me again years down, okay. later and it was like incredible to go back to it and have a different <laughs> understanding of like my worth and what i have to give and like it was a really really great experience that came full circle but of course as a 24 year old to be like you know almost blamed for just the pressure (laughs) that you're going through and um i think that again nothing compared to miss Brittany. but i do understand one percent of that and she's having that a a hundredfold Holy shit! I just can't. I just can't even imagine.
2: Yeah, it's and she's been told. You know, she was told it was going to end like after in a, about a year in, and so I could see. You know, you can just see it all happening. Like they say, like, oh, you know what? Just agree to this, and you know, we're just gonna we'll get you out in a year, or whatever. And then they just keep holding that carrot in front of her forever. And she, in the mean, in the meantime, she's behind the scenes trying to get out. And yeah, and like you said, the, they just kind of hold her own. Mental health against her, whatever. It's this really horrible catch twenty two, especially conservatorships where, yeah, kind of. You know, it's like if you do badly, it's proof that you should be in one. But if huh. you do well, then it's like, wait, wait now I can't remember what to say. <laughs> there's some catch twenty two now. I can't remember what to say. It. But no, it's yeah, basically it's just, like um, if
3: you are doing poorly, they put you in a conservatorship, but then you have to prove that you're still doing poorly. So then, when you're doing well, they don't believe you, and then they just keep you in the whole cycle. And there's no right. way out.
2: Oh, yeah, that's what it was. If you're doing well, then that's proof that it's working. That's what it was. So it's like, right. if you're doing poorly, then keep you in it. If you're doing well, then it's like, well, see, it's, it's, we're doing good. So it's see, just. See, she was really... meant to be in
3: this forever until the end of time. It's like, no, yeah. babe. No, maybe this wasn't <laughs> the right move and she needed like to not be on the fucking lithium you gave her. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think mental health, I'm, I, I can tell that there's a trend towards more. Um, willingness to openly discuss things and like i mean i feel like like with the olympics this year there was you know so much more talk of like simone biles advocating for herself because of her mental health and she had to pull out of certain events because of that and it's just because if you can't see it physically on a body it's so real and like my i was on zoloft for i think it was like three or four months and it just kept not working kept raising the dosage and now changing to be on lexapro i'm realizing for the first time that i actually do think it's working but the devastating part of this babs is that i <laughs> a friend told me that she's going through the same thing and i think that it i'm realizing that i'm always gonna be crazy and have just like a baseline Cuckoo, kachunas and this is just going to make it a little more manageable. But I was like, "But I want the Cuckoo, kachunas out the station. I want her to go goodbye." But it's like, "No, the train's always there. It's just now the metaphor of no idea where it's going." But it's like, "But how big is the train? I don't know where it's going. Like, how far are we going on the tracks? <laughs> Whatever now, it is." Now,
2: um, yeah, the engineer is there. The conductor's <laughs> hat is staying, but the on. snack
3: tray does not have the Oreos. Okay, now I'm confused. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, I think that's, like, a good place to come to, though. You know, I think it's hard, but it's good to to just realize, like, yeah, this is who I am, and, like, it's, you know, this is going to help me manage it.
3: Yeah, and I honestly like to make it very... In the present, I think before I was taking this me- these medicines, I probably would have been about to log on to this call with you and been really nervous because I really respect you and I want this podcast to be good and boo, 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 boo. And I've realized recently, like, I my terror of the world ending because of my nerves, that part of it, actually, I can feel it going away. And that's I'm like, oh, fuck, it is working. But yet yes. I'm still... But I'm still having X, Y, and Z thoughts like this. Oh, those thoughts do stay, but these feelings don't. And I'm like, per- I'm pers- parsing out what is going to be a part of me and what can actually be aided by the pills. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I think that is what's go- what's nice about you're saying, like being getting into your thirties, is that. That really is where you're able to be like, okay, like, this is who I am. This is how to deal with my bullshit. Yeah. And you're just able to let things go a lot easier. Able, I'm able to be a lot nicer to myself than I was in the past.
3: To- I mean, totally. It's all, a, it's all a journey. I mean, speaking of journeys, though, <laughs> I do want to ask you the famous podcast question, which is, Babs Gray, whose fault is it that you're by? We're going on the B team today. <laughs> What do we blame? Um, Or who? Or where?
2: I blame AOL. (gasps) I blame America Online.
3: Oh, my God, (laughs) Babs. I knew you would deliver, and you truly... Wait, can we... Let's delve in. What about it?
2: So I grew up in Salt Lake City. I wasn't Mormon, but, you know, obviously a very religious place Mm -hmm. to grow up in. Very conservative. Kids did not, like, have sex. There was... Zero, like, sexual action happening anywhere. Everyone was very good, you know, good, quote, kids. So I, my only, like, real outlet for sexuality was, like, the internet. And so we had that little dial-up internet, and (sighs) I would log on, and I would, like, cyber or whatever, or I would look at porn. I would download, I remember I would download photos and print them out, and I hid them in, like, a little pouch. (gasps)
3: <gasps> wait what kind what kind of photos were they do you remember
2: well i guess i guess like yeah i would just look at both i guess i think i first did look at lesbian porn mostly because i think i was like uncertain i was especially uncertain of like men's bodies at the point, point i was like sure, i don't sure. know if i want to see a dick you know so yeah i would download that yeah pictures of women together. I mean
3: I truly my mind is racing because there are so many like so many parts of AOL that definitely queered the shit out of me like for <laughs> example the first thing that comes to mind I don't think I've really ever told anyone this is that there was a guy that went to my high school it was like early high school so middle school to high school and I of course had a crush on him and I'm pretty sure he was very confirmed straight but we would IM on AOL and we started to uh, talk about masturbating. Like, I think that in his mind, he was just like, I'm a dude talking to a dude and like, you know, I've never talked to someone about this stuff and like, whatever. And in my mind, I'm like, and this guy wants to jerk up with me someday. <laughs> and I just like hearing him even mention it, like turned me on so much. And like, and I know that a lot of parts of AOL is like, it's not all about like the sex and the sexting, but it did definitely contribute to giving me places to realize what was turning me on and like i would sometimes not even go to the pool with my f- family over the summer we go to like whatever j jewish community center pool and i'm like i'm gonna stick around here and i would stay on aol and just look up gay shit and i would go to uh, this is very devastating that i would go to a yahoo pool the you could play oh my, pool on that. yahoo <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure, sure. (laughs) And there was a room that was labeled Moby Dick, and that was a euphemism for all gay men sexting in a Yahoo pool game room. Oh my god! I'm like, there's some sort of euphemism with like the cue and the balls and the pockets and all. But like, I just, I'm sure I was all of 15 years old playing Yahoo pool with a 45 year old bear in Wisconsin. I'm sure of it. A thousand
2: percent. A thousand percent. So were you guys all sexting in the actual chat, like the public chat or was it like private chats off from?
3: Wait, that's a good question. I think what it was is you would, yeah, I think what it was is that you would be in a public chat and there would be some general chatting but then if you felt like you were like vibing with one person then you would go private and I'm just another thing is popping into my mind that I would then do a website called men uh dot I think, and that was just a full on gay sex chat room. <laughs> like that wasn't we're not we're not playing in a Yahoo pool here. It and the thing is, it's funny about this conversation is that is that on the Chris Burns episode, the Fat Carrie Bradshaw episode, we talked about a website that we both went to called jackandworld.com. and once I put that video up online, it just. It really a lot of people message in about that they also went to that and I went to nifty dot org, which was about erotica I, like writing.
2: I went I went to Nifty. That was a also erotic stories I would read, yeah.
3: See, the internet? I mean, I feel bad for <laughs> I feel bad for people before the internet, but it's like I feel like
2: <laughs> what, what do they do? I do think it yeah, definitely like I always knew I was bisexual from a young age, but I didn't really like come out or date a woman until later. But mm-hmm. um, but i think like it did help me access what i was into so i'm curious about that
3: like you you grow up in utah but you were not were you you a different religion than mormonism
2: i was catholic like ish you know my parents were but i was it wasn't super intense
3: interesting so then do you have a to b to c do you watch the real housewives of salt lake city i do that's the only
2: one i've ever watched
3: so wait, do you have <laughs> do you have an opinion about like as a first like housewives uh, intro, like what what do you feel? How do you like it?
2: I mean, I love it. I love Heather. She's my favorite. She posted a free Britney thing and I was like, "Oh my god, I started this." Okay. You should-
3: <laughs> Heather Gay is a true ally. And she and I actually sometimes uh, interact on Instagram. And I'm going to oh have her on this podcast. I'm going to call it that's a Heather Gay ass podcast episode. And I'm <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna happen. But continue. We like Heather go on.
2: Yes, I love Heather. I mean, it's fun. You know, it's I really like over the pandemic really allowed myself to get into reality TV where I kind of like didn't watch it that much before. Yeah. And now I've I just, it's so soothing. Like, I don't, it really soothes me in a way that other things just don't.
3: I agree. I think that sometimes people used to give a lot of shit to anyone that enjoys reality TV because it's like they thought it was a lesser than thing. But a lot of people now acknowledge that like the editors of these shows deserve the highest awards. I mean, uh, yes, the personalities are great. We love our Heather gaze. We I mean, our Jen Shaws are what give us the (laughs) plot. Um, And, you know, to be determined on her front. But like, (laughs) I think that the editors spin it into full on magic like there's so much comedy that there's like the wink to the audience and I just unabashedly love Bravo and I think that Salt Lake City had such an amazing first season it was on way too late for me it was on like at I think what 10 p.m. last year oh yeah
2: I I think I watched it like on Amazon after it was over or something. Well,
3: the problem is that Matt wanted to watch it live, and so I'd watch the first thirty minutes, then go to sleep. So I was always like, like, oh, I love this part, and then anything that happened after the twenty-five minute <laughs> mark, I was like, oh, that sounds fun, um, but I can't wait for the second season. And I and I do. You, I mean, do we think Jen Shaw is is fucked?
2: <laughs> I mean, she so she's in the promotional photos that Heather's posting, so she's obviously in it. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming the. Did she get actually arrested? She did, right? She,
3: I, well, she did. She and I got think what, charged? what, yeah, she, she's definitely like going to be going into her court proceedings soon. I think that apparently they were, f- while they were filming, is when she like all this went down. And so I think that it's oh, going to the be. Pro-
2: what a godsend for the producers. Like,
3: oh, I said, when this happened, <laughs> I tweeted, like, Andy Cohen's eating tonight. Like, they're <laughs> the, all of the legal stuff, like, unfortunately for these women, it creates such great plot lines. Like, let's talk about it. Obviously, I know Salt Lake City is your first your intro into Housewives, but like Teresa Judice on New Jersey, it was so fucking insane because the plot for what two or three seasons was that she went to jail first for like what eleven or twelve months? Then her husband went to jail. After that, oh, and God. then he was deported from the country, and now lives in Italy. And that's like where, and or oh, apparently it's going to go to the Bahamas, whatever. So that was a crazy part of New Jersey. And then on Beverly Hills this season, of course, Erica Jane is going through like the, one of the biggest fucking uh, things in like lawyer history, which is that her very famous lawyer husband is being indicted for stealing money from orphans and wait what oh do they say orphans God. and widows orphans and widows and so it's like <laughs> there was like orphans and widows and so it's like all of this stuff is so deeply devastating to the victims to everyone involved but it makes some good trash tv girl some good
2: tv baby yeah I've, especially with just like the britney stuff has been so like like i said so labor intensive that like when i've been i'm done at the end of the night i'm like uh, it's like a bubble bath like i'm like i just need to watch dumb Like I watch Below Deck or I watch um, Love Island or something like
3: that. Listen, this season of Below Deck, I'm really, really into because there's the personalities are crazy. There's the guests are are delivering i and need to
2: like i'm always like behind because i don't watch it live so i never yeah. know if i'm watching like the current one or not but.
3: well that's the thing is that anyone listening to this now like the current below deck season is really good they've done below deck sailing ya, yeah, and i think i usually don't like it as much because I'm, yeah. I'm partial to a i'm partial to a i don't know i wish i knew the length of the boat i'm partial to you a <laughs> three hundred sixty
2: footer whatever <laughs>
3: 60 yeah. yard further
2: yeah they're um it's you want a big boy you want a big boy
3: i want a big boy it's like it may not be the size of the boat but if <laughs> <laughs> i just pretend that like i could finish that as a really good joke but okay. if the
2: just insert it later yeah like,
3: Eric, make a note in the editing to actually write a funny (laughs) joke for this part. Um, I do also want to, just speaking of things that we love so much, one of your comedy specials, I believe this was for uh, Comedy Central, you said that you (laughs) are worried that if you get into an accident and they're going through your phone and they're seeing the names on your contacts, like... I shudder to think of what the names are on my contacts. (laughs) And uh, I mean, was that, is that a real thing that you have like pretty devastating? Yeah.
2: You know what? Actually, I was looking at the list of people I've had sex with and that's where it came from. But then then also it was, you know, yeah, if you look in my phone, it's like just random. I think there's a woman named Spider in there. (laughs) There's like, (laughs) there's just lots of. Random people, yeah, old... I'm in a relationship now, but old hookups that are just there under, like, whatever Tinder yeah greg, or, oh you know. know
3: what i'm actually looking through mine right now and i have one that was um like we'll say his name is greg and then catering manager because there was this event i worked and i spotted he was like the head of the event and i was like I fucking the shit out of him and um i think <laughs> i was like having a really weird bold night because this is not my mo but i was like you know what i'm i feel his eyes and i'm wearing this full black outfit and why not and so i went up to him and i was like can i have your number or something and he gave me his card and i put it in and of course i texted him and he did not respond but um
2: (laughs) yeah i think i had one called big teeth canadian (laughs) because i couldn't remember his name so i think in the joke i say um matt canadian foreskin which i don't think was an actual maybe it was an actual thing but
3: i'm actually devastated to tell you that one contact just oh never mind i have a contact for a person that just says fucking but i realize that is because if you want to type in fucking on your text messages if you have a contact named fucking it won't autocorrect it to ducking
2: oh smart look at this little hack yeah um, i have in my in my context one of them's last name is asshole in all caps and now, when I type it in my phone, it types "asshole" in all caps.
3: Wait, why is this person's name "asshole"? What happened?
2: Oh God, just a very shitty dude I dated a few years ago.
3: Very. I mean, bad exes are just. I, I like. Don't know if I'll regret saying this, but I have an ex that, like, I really have zero uh, resentment towards now. But I have been broken up with this person for nine years, and I have only run into that person one time basically in those nine years and it was like eight years ago like i have not and we live in the same city and i haven't seen him in eight years it's like i think the universe is on purpose you know what it is the universe is on purpose keeping us apart and then because i'm leaving new york in two months the week before i leave we're gonna be like yes seated next at a restaurant together or something (laughs) like that
2: are you do you live in fear of seeing him
3: i i mean no i live in like i want to see him i want i want to like i feel like i've never had the experience of like being deeply in love with someone and then eight years go by and being able to talk to them again that's just i'm maybe i'm a glutton for punishment but i just i think it would be really interesting to see how it would go and do i want to tell him how well i'm doing
2: sure of course gotta show off yeah i think it's um to me, those kind of relationships are like a past lifetime almost. I mean, this guy, I have no fucking interest in speaking to because, yeah. it, you know, but there are plenty of people I've been with who I would love to see, you know.
3: There, Yeah, I don't understand the types of people that like are still good friends with their exes, but I really have respect for them because I, I don't think I've ever really been able to do that.
2: No, I've tried, but it just uh, it doesn't work. It, like... This is so dumb, but watching—I'm just been watching Love Island, and they're always like, "Like, can we be friends afterwards?" It's like, no, no one's friends. Friends. It's like, I guess maybe if you're on that island, you have to be around each other 24 hours a day. You have to make yourself be friends. But
3: well, that's so interesting to me because I was hanging out with friends this weekend, and we were talking about the. People we know that have sex within their friend groups and they like are all having sex with each other and then still being friends and then going to share a house and having sex, but then also like yeah. doing a dinner party. Right. And it's like I a part of me is has like a jealousy of like, wow, you guys are I must be just fucking a lot, but then I know deep down I don't think I could ever do that. And like of course I am talking about a lot of gay men. Like I feel like it's very sex within the gay world is is can be very different, but I don't know if I'm capable of fucking my friends and being and still being friends
2: i just yeah i don't see it not getting messy in some way
3: well listen there's there's so many so many amazing things that you have going i mean like your comedy album the lady to lady podcast the britney's Graham toxic i mean as you're working on all these things like what do you envision coming out of all the journalism coupled with comedy like is there like a, a dream scenario of like a type of position or project you want to work on
2: I mean, honestly, you know, it's funny because I'm at a weird place right now where I think for it's one of those things or like from the outside, it probably looks like I'm like, I'm crushing it and blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't honestly feel like that. Yeah. I, I want to be making comedy. You know, I, I really loved working on this project. But and I actually did love be- learning how to become a journalist. And I could see myself doing other projects involving that in the future but i also want to be a comedy tv writer like that's really my end goal i want to make comedy tv and like and i i'm a little nervous about how far away i feel from that right now because sure, sure, sure. this took many years out of my life and i'm not you know any closer to a comedy writing job than i was before this so i think it'll open up doors that i don't know about yes. yet and i i'm trying to come to terms with that my life looks a little bit different than I think I was thinking it would.
3: Yeah, I was literally having this conversation with um, a friend of mine like this morning, which is that the older you get, I think the less... You see the life that you thought you were going to have. Like what you, when you look around yourself, you're like this is not at all what I pictured, but I think the, the key seems to be of uh, following where your gut is taking you and just trusting that the doors are going to open to get you to a place that you do want to be. And of course, on the outside, it, it, I can tell you that it looks like you're killing it. And then when you're in the middle of it, you're like, well, it doesn't feel that way all the time. But I think that clearly you followed your gut and you followed such an important story that I have no doubt that it will lead you to amazing doors that are going to open. But you know, it's, it's, it's just so tough in the moment to feel that I, I I don't know if I've said it yet on this podcast, but what I've been telling myself all the time is just like zoom out, just zoom out and just know that there's really good things. Like when I have one little failure, And then I can tell myself that that means everything's a failure. And like, what's really been fucking up my mind recently is that I'm waiting to hear back from this big thing that I, you know, put a lot of work into. And it like came to a head yesterday. And because I, you know, really try to be as honest as I can on this podcast, I was such a fucking monster to Matt yesterday. (laughs) I was just like, (laughs) I was just like... I couldn't explain why but everything that was said I felt like it was an attack to me and and I luckily was able to be like I'm really sorry (laughs) I think I'm just kind of like the pressure or the anticipation I've been waiting for something for like three and a half weeks and I just like I think that the zooming out of it all is that you know what i've got x y and z i boo 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 i have this to look forward to and it's like without without when i'm just focusing on what i'm waiting on or what i don't have then i drive myself fully insane
2: i know i know it's so i'm so bad at that like there's that part of me that does that but then there's the other part the veruca salt part of me that's sure. like i want the world <laughs> i want the whole world <laughs> so yeah i'm trying to like and i'm trying I want to not be anxious I want it now. yes now now yeah, I, I, you know, it just depends. I need to work on, I think, mindfulness, which I think really is helpful with that. I'm the worst at that, though. I don't meditate. I, am I don't. Too. I haven't been working out. I haven't been doing anything really healthy for myself. I really just let myself go college level, like eating garbage, Red Bull all day. When we are finishing this thing, and now that I'm coming out of the fog of being done, I'm kind of like, what the fuck does You're life like, look I like? I
3: feel like shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> really. I, I, but you and I are very similar in that way of just like knowing, like, I probably would benefit from meditation it would be good to drink some water <laughs> i mean like i'm so there but i do think like if, if only the only direction is up then we just follow that and we put down the red bull um i do want to ask a very famous podcast question which is yes. perhaps great if the world was ending i mean you could only save one character actress who would you save
2: I'm going to say, and I'm guessing this has been an answer before, but Joan Cusack.
3: Oh, yeah. You know, you'd be surprised that not as many people have said Joan Cusack as they should, quite frankly. But Joan Cusack. Ooh. Also, as a gay man, I will tell you, I find her very attractive. Just the way that she... The way she... I wish I could do a good impersonation. Just like the way she talks what is her yeah. aren't her asses that side kind
2: of, it's kind of a side mouth
3: it's a side oh that's kind of it it's a side mouth and I'm Joan Cusack <laughs> actually, actually I'm kind of impressed with myself
2: you're doing very well yeah the way she carries herself <laughs> the way she speaks like I just I love her I mean I just watched High Fidelity again which mm. is one of those movies that you're like oh this <laughs> character's horrible the guy but she's so great in it and like I just love watching her tell off her brother and stuff yeah. like that I'm hope and I also still have a crush, I think, on John Cusack. So I'm hoping he comes along. You know, I get to save him at oh, some time. Oh,
3: please. We, yeah, yeah. I do. I myself am partial to a John Q. I also, my first thought that comes to mind when you say Joan Cusack is is it, um, Adam's family matters, or there's like one Adam's family yes. that she is like an evil bitch. And it's just, God, I love Joan Cusack. She, she deserves the world, truly.
2: Yeah, she's incredible, and she—I love her. She pops up in so many random things, and she's yeah, what has she done? I—I uh, Re-
3: I really want, like, I—I I say this a lot, but I want like these types of female actresses to get the vehicle that they are due, and like, of course, we're both—I know
2: you're right. Yeah, we need her, like, White Lotus. Not, I haven't watched.
3: Thank it. Thank you. you. Know. I have watched I mean, it. It is need. incredible. We need a Junk Cusack White Lotus. I mean wow she's so beautiful i'm looking her up right now and of course one of the first things is adam's family um oh wow she did get an academy award nomination for working girl uh, oh wait she was she's... on saturday night live wait what for a year As a host she was a no, cast member just... on the comedy sketch show snl from 85 to 86
2: how did i not know <gasps> this
3: wow breaking news now i'm a journalist babs <laughs> move over girly oh my god um, i'm gonna do we a have jo- to
2: fact check this we're gonna fact check
3: because uh... this is wikipedia but i'm gonna start a joan cusack podcast um what's the name of the joan cusack podcast babs
2: oh my god um... i got it it's
3: cusack cast
2: <laughs> perfect
3: joan cuscast Cast. <laughs>
2: Joan Q's cast. I will say this is just think, talking about fact-checking. I was getting so I was so deep in making this Britney thing and I was also attempting to start stand-up again sure. and it was so bad because I was like making jokes about journalism.
3: <laughs> You're like, Who, for the journalism girls out there, there's like...
2: I was like, so y'all ever been fact-checking someone and then yeah. Every anyway.
3: premise is about writing an article or coming together with a scoop.
2: Yeah. It's bad. <laughs>
3: i mean listen i get it you were fully sucked into it but we are all the better for it and also we're all the better for joan cusack being who she is god can you can you believe like joan cusack is also the sister of a very famous actor john cusack and apparently an ann wait what is ann cusack what has she done i don't know wait i'm looking her up now she's had minor roles in multiplicity she was in a league of their own Anne cusack Grey's Anatomy okay can you imagine being the third Cusack that's the podcast the <laughs> podcast third Cuscast
2: yeah who is this other Cusack
3: and I hope watch her be like the most incredible like and I'm just dragging on the, the l-
2: oh wait I recognize her yeah oh I had no idea
3: oh my god She's definitely-
2: been in oh, things. yeah. I
3: love her. God, I am a dick. No, she's great. Anne, I take it <laughs>
2: back. Oh, my
3: God. I love you, Anne.
2: She was on Better Call Saul.
3: Sure, sure. Hmm. And you know what? I Googled Anne Cusack, and then I go through the images, and there's a few in- images of her, and then it's just Joan Cusack. I'm like, God, poor Anne. <laughs> poor Anne
2: we found a lost cusack sister to us so i feel like this has been very productive
3: i really do as well and i mean gosh i am such an effing fan oh but before we say goodbye i didn't prep you on this but i want to know your answer the question that's very important to me is babs gray what is the best Whoopi goldberg film
2: oh my god um sister act come on
3: babs gray giving us a sister act here on that's a gay ass podcast um do you remember has it been like 20 years since you've seen it or
2: no i watched it in the last year and it <gasps> held up
3: i love that for us i really do <laughs> um are you talking about the orridge or the sister act two?
2: i will say the ridge i i two the songs are still good but did not hold up as well just overall movie wise
3: wow i do disagree but i do respect you <laughs> I When's the last
2: time you watched it? I mean, like,
3: Thursday? I'm kidding. I just, like, I, <laughs> I, I I it's like, both Sister Act and Sister Act 2 are lifelong passions of mine, and Sister Act 2 is my number one, and I really think that it comes down to a memory of uh, being so vulnerably closeted, and then I really feel like Dolores Van Cartier in Sister Act 2 was the first time I felt... <laughs> I want to say, like, like I saw myself in someone, which is fully insane, because it's like, (laughs) okay, a 40-year-old black woman (laughs) playing a nun that's on the run from... I mean, but I just... And I think also, like, I know what it is. It's just, like, the movie itself was just, like, people trying to find what makes them unique and also understood. And so much about it was, like... It made me feel so seen, and I you know Lauren Hills' character in Sister Act 2 and I think that there's a reason why there's another movie that did that for me that I've talked about on this podcast many episodes ago which is the movie Camp. I don't know if you've seen Camp but I've it's,
2: never seen it.
3: It's really I mean true I actually haven't watched that one in a long time and there's probably a a big chance it does not hold up but it was, you know, a long story short, a movie about a bunch of fucking queer people that go to a theater camp and it just talks about right. how high the stakes are at a theater camp. And which was filmed at an actual theater camp. That is,
2: it's a documentary.
3: It's not a documentary, oh, but okay. it is based off a real thing. Actually, I wonder if there is a documentary. It's um. Oh, Zach Braff also went to this camp, and I did see the other day someone talking about on TikTok how Anna Kendrick they um know that she's a total monster and they don't care. They oh, it's basically just like they have no desire to meet her in real life whereas there's other people that are known to be rude that like they would love to meet um i do not want to meet anna kendrick
2: <laughs> no i don't care she i i she's fine
3: is I she a good performer so. very much so
2: yeah but i'm not you know
3: wait now that because now I'm, i know we're gonna leave in a minute but now i want to know when i say lay michelle to you what do you say back
2: glorp i haven't seen glee so i don't know i don't really but have you've like, heard like, that much she's of an a monster, opinion right on her. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, I I, I hate it because I don't like how, what it does for, I don't like it making a nasty name for theater kids. You know, we're <sighs> already up against enough.
3: Oh, my God, Babs. That's a good so, point.
2: I don't like the, you know, it's like, God damn it. People already judging us. Well, it's also like, <laughs> don't in any, make it I worse. think in
3: any sort of like subcategory, it's like when a gay person is being, like when I see a gay guy that's being like, there was like something going around Twitter about a demon twink that was like eating someone's ass a lot at a, at a concert. I'm like, come on, demon twink. Like it's a good story, but we've got (laughs) enough going on. We are, we, we have Randy rainbow. I'm kidding. Actually. I, I don't pile on Randy rainbow as much as other people do. But like, then also like when I watch a documentary and I see like a Jewish man, be like committing crimes and doing something bad i'm like come on like there's enough anti-semitism we're dealing with enough like please give us a better name
2: go with something else i yeah i don't leah michelle i don't know i don't have any opinion on um what about okay katherine mcphee
3: babs oh my god that is such a good question i mean (laughs) i katherine mcphee i find cancel her let her go i just feel like i think like i think that she the biggest mistake that she made is that And if anybody listening doesn't know basically what happened with katherine is that she is married to david foster who apparently is also a villain but she like had this big gay following and she was on smash on nbc and like you know we love of course american idol but then it came out that she maybe voted for trump i think or like donated money to trump i Ooh. i think what ended up happening is that she got outed for that and then instead of like doing anything she just went radio silent and i don't think she's tweeted or posted anything since then and that was like almost a year ago <laughs> and so oh i
2: didn't even know that yeah That's and then
3: she just completely dropped off the face of the earth, and I find that to be not the move. And I think because of that, oh, oh, po- talk about like giving theater people a bad name. So Catherine McPhee did some, has done some fucked up shit. But then, have you re- do you know anything about the Laura Osnes stuff? Do you know who that mm-hmm. is?
2: No Here's the
3: elevator pitch She was on Broadway In a bunch of shows Like she was on the uh, Grease reality show You're the one that I want She got cast as Sandy On Broadway Now she's incredibly talented She's been known To maybe be conservative But it came out That she wasn't Getting vaccinated And she refused To get vaccinated Even though she was Doing a show At a theater That required it It came out She left the show And then people Really raked her Through the coals And um, the girl's Not getting vaccinated
2: You're gonna give up Your whole fucking career
3: and I think she might be doing that. I mean, people are saying she might be doing like Fox News the musical at some point, but whatever. It's...
2: Unless, yeah, we're gonna do a whole unvaccinated only <laughs> musical cast where everyone's just
3: only unvaccinated, fans. giving each
2: other COVID in the fucking show.
3: Yeah. Well, on. Th- I mean, listen, Laura, get a fucking vaccine. Enough is enough. Um, but speaking of, uh, <laughs> there's no way for me to go from Lower Ozma's to Babs Gray, but I will say that. Speaking of being vaxxed, waxed, and on <laughs> tracks for celebrity, I want to thank Babs Gray so much for coming on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. I, you are a pod legend, and I cannot wait to see you in Los Angeles and for me to become a full-on monster.
2: Yes, we'll welcome you to the full. We'll go do mushrooms and then see what happens.
3: And that is a date. Well, I guess I'm on record as dragging Catherine McPhee over the coals. Um, (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode with the Babs, Gray listen to her podcast toxic and all the info that is linked in the show notes to follow along on Bab's social media uh, and if you want to follow me i'm at eric wills on insta at eric wills tt on the old tiktok and uh, uh, follow the gas podcast instagram at gas podcast if you have not yet subscribed make sure you do so you can get uh into our future episodes including one with the iconic drag queen from rupaul's drag race that will be announced soon on the gay ass podcast patreon have a great rest of your week stay gay and i love you so much